to mind when you think about life, your life, the lives of those you love? Would you be willing to save a loved one's life? Of course. But have you ever stopped and thought about saving the lives of others? Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but when it is broken down, it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. This has been a time in our history we won't soon forget. The COVID-19 pandemic will be written in our memories as a time when the world stayed home. However, in healthcare, it was truly the opposite. As hospitals filled and the demand for bedside care increased, saving and healing lives is in the forefront of everybody's mind. Hello, you're listening to episode 11 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, two-time kidney recipient and proud LifeBank staff member. We changed our podcast calendar a little bit today to present this episode with Gordon Bowen, LifeBank CEO, to discuss how organ, eye, and tissue donation continues as we focus even more on saving and healing lives for transplantation. Gordon, thanks for calling in again today. Oh, thank you, Colleen. Glad to be here under these circumstances. Can you tell our listeners how has COVID-19 changed the donation process? Certainly. I first of all like to start off by saying that it's important to know that all Life Bank employees are, you know, meet that personal exemption from the governor since we're tied to saving and healing lives. We are able to go out and we're able to work. Uh, we are not shut down. So we're moving full steam ahead. Our call center is coming in every day and taking those calls from the hospitals to screen them for organized tissue donation. Uh, we're still able to do tissue recoveries and organ recoveries at our donor care facility, so people are there for those. Over the last, gosh, four or five weeks, probably 80 to 85% of our staff have, have gone through a home-based system. I mean, uh, we've had some administrative staff rotate through the office, so... You know, we had to kick in kind of an emergency preparedness plan, which we, you know, we've had for years. We have to test on an annual basis. So clearly, this COVID-19 is our emergency preparedness example for this year. We're able to go through that. But, you know, our number one priority is our staff and, and the safety of our staff. And I have to tell you, Colleen, they have been phenomenal. They have stepped out out of that the comfort zone in every aspect and been there to work with our donor hospitals, trying to figure out ways to work with those donor families, also working with our transplant centers to, so that we can make donation happen. And you know what? The be- I guess the beauty of it is we have to look at different ways of doing things. And our staff has stepped up 110% and uh, looked at better ways to do things so that we don't lose donors and do everything we can to maximize that gift of donation. What is the screening process now for a potential organ donor? Colleen, I can't say enough of the relationship we've had with the Cleveland Clinic and University Hospital in Cleveland. Our clinical team, headed by Heather McKessa, we have daily calls with them at 7 a.m. every morning to find out what's going on from the transplant center side. How can we build those relationships with them? A perfect example. You know, four or five weeks ago, uh, to be able to test these potential donors for the COVID test, it was almost impossible. You know, you could potentially get the test. You had to ship it off. You'd get the results sometimes in two to three, four days. By working with the Cleveland Clinic University Hospitals, we're now able to test every potential donor 
for the test early in the process and can get those results back in 8 to 12 hours. That's been a big plus. Also, I don't think people realize that teams coming from New York, they can't get here or we can't go there. So I think being creative, looking at the transportation, the ability of our local recovery surgeons actually recovering the organs for some of these transplant centers that are not able to fly in here. The fact that the airline industry to try to get flights, whether it's a commercial flight or a private flight, very difficult in these days. So just looking outside the box, being creative, looking at transportation opportunities to get organs from point A to point B is, is kind of a an obstacle for us. But I, I have to tell you that teams on the transplant center and our and our great staff at Life Bank have figured out ways to make this work. That's great to hear, Gordon. And we've always worked well with our transplant centers and donor hospital partners. But when it's a time of crisis, I know for our staff, we're even more committed to get that gift of life where it needs to be. Looking down the road a little bit, maybe six, eight weeks out, do you think the COVID-19 virus is going to impact the availability of organs for transplants in the future? In the future, I'm not sure. I mean, clearly it's having an impact now. Again, teams are not able to travel. You know, some of the transplant programs across the United States have shut down temporarily. Uh, some in New York, for example, just because of the, uh, the massive uh, pandemic percentage of patients and people in New York City. And if it goes to the cities down the line, we'll see what, what impact that has. And I would like to mention the donor hospitals. They have been phenomenal. They have stepped out. You know, the, these are front line care people, just like our own staff of life, Inc., that are taking care of these patients. The, you know, whether it's the EMTs, the nurses, the respiratory therapists, the doctors, they're all out there doing whatever they can, not to forget about donation during this crisis, and they have been phenomenal. Our staff have been working with them. You know, we work with the hospitals. We do virtual meetings with them. We do in-services with them, a lot of phone calls. Uh, once we're, you know, once we know that this person is a, a, is a donor, then we go in at that point and coordinate the case, uh, and they have been phenomenal. You know, we're transferring about 80% of our eligible organ donors to our donor care facility, which will free up hospital beds in the ICUs as well as ventilators so that they can be used for other patients. So we're really shaking things up a little bit, but it's pretty good, and it's, I think it's going to be a, an ultimate win-win for all of us. I think it's helpful to know that there's different ways to do things. As you mentioned earlier, what's it going to look like uh, down the line? You know, does this virus reappear in the fall or the winter? We have plans in place to be able to address that. And uh, just as a side note, this week we're actually sending care packages to all of the ICUs here in Northeast Ohio. Just thank all those donor hospitals for not forgetting about us, for being on the front line and uh, making donation happen wherever possible and looking at different ways to do it. And uh, they have been phenomenal as well as our life staff. We have some actual photos that we've posted on our Facebook page and our LifeBank Instagram page with staff members from various hospitals receiving those care packages. And I know they were all grateful for receiving the support from LifeBank. Besides the clinical side of things, Gordon, can you talk a little bit about other ways the COVID has affected LifeBank, maybe on the community outreach side? Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, in terms of just communication with our staff, we're having virtual staff meetings. We're staying in, in touch with our teams. Our leadership team has been meeting three times a week. Again, like I said, we mentioned we're meeting with all of our transplant centers five days a week. 
we're also our senior leadership team meets three days a week. You know, we're outsourcing some of our opportunities in the community to help us with crisis communication. We'll be postponing our over the edge event and trying to move that date into September. We had a, you know, a donor shadow box unveiling for our donor families. We had to cancel that. So basically, anything tied to volunteers, events, at least for the month of April, have been canceled. We are doing Donate Life opportunities virtually. You know, this is Donate Life Month. And again, I want to thank everyone for the role in promoting Donate Life in any way possible. The importance of being a registered organ tissue donor is no less important during this crisis than it is any other time of the year. So let's not forget about that. But uh, our community outreach department is working with the community, uh, working with the media, uh, social media. I mean, Colin, you guys are doing a great job, too, posting things, keeping the word out there about the importance of organized tissue donation. And we're just having to look at different ways to do it. The other thing is, too, nationally, I'm working with the CEOs in Ohio. We have calls every week. We're also working with the Ohio Hospital Association. Uh, then also nationally, we're having webinars all the time, sharing best practices amongst the 58 OPOs in the country, as well as working with the transplant centers uh, and seeing what's going on nationally with them as well. So lots of good information. Again, we're just doing it differently. Gordon, if there's one thing you want to leave our listeners with, what would that be? You know, don't forget about organized tissue donation. And if you get the opportunity, especially this time, and you know any of the LifeLink staff, please reach out to them and thank them. Uh, or the donor hospitals or the transplant centers. These individuals are risking so much to make sure that our mission doesn't fall by the wayside. And I can't thank them enough. And please, I would like you to maybe to do the same to get the opportunity. Gordon, those are great words. We appreciate you calling in today. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen. Stay safe. If you have more questions about how COVID-19 pandemic affects organ, eye, and tissue donation, visit our website, lifebank.org, and under the About Donation tab is a special page addressing some of the frequently asked questions. Thanks for tuning in to this special episode. Also, our Senior Bereavement Services Counselor, Alyssa Berman, joins us next week to talk about why some families are feeling grief more poignantly during this strange time we're in. I think there's something to gain for all of us. So I invite you back next week and let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life, the podcast that is changing lives. Organ, eye, and tissue donation is truly all about life. Life given, life received, and lives saved and healed. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org or visit lifebank.org for more information. If you are already a registered donor, we thank you. If you are not, take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at the BMV or online at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it. Donate life.